it is Dan Doherty, who scored plenty of penalties in the past, but not as significant as this. Afternoon, evening, everybody, and welcome along again to the, the Korean FC podcast, the official one, not the unofficial one, wherever that is. This, I believe, is the, the 10th edition of this podcast, uh, and like we're going, we're going back to uh, the start here today. We've got three guests, Johnny McNabb, Stephen Crawford, and my good self. Going to talk about all things Danske Bank Premiership, uh, Irish League football, because we were taking there. Super League is all in the news at the moment. Uh, this week has, has been the big talk. Uh, but we have, of course, our, our own Super League and that's the Danske Bank Premiership. And anybody that's been following it over the last number of years, and especially even this year, would be left in no doubt that where the action is, is, is in the Irish League in the top division. So, even guys, the sun shining, all good in the world. I, I presume with these all, these are all enjoying the good weather, Stephen and Johnny. Yeah, it's great to see the sunshine, D, and uh, glad to be back again. Uh, I had a three weeks sabbatical there, and uh, rumours that I joined the Super Podcast were completely <laughs> unfounded, so they were. <laughs> we, we, we just, to be honest, we couldn't afford you, Stephen. That's the problem. <laughs> well, this is what I heard. Like, you know, I heard Sam McGee, he's, uh, he's cut the budget for the podcast, like, you know, but I hope a lot of money is going towards new players coming in the summer. I, oh, I don't uh, know. Great to see you, Stevie Liverpool must have picked up a point there recently or something. I don't know. Hey, uh, that, that's just outrageous. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, can I just maybe. say, can I just say, as a totally impartial Leeds United fan, that Liverpool was quite lucky, and it was good that Leeds are going to go down in history. I think as the only team or the only club to take a point off a Super League team. So, there's a quiz question for you in the future. I'm telling you, hey, no, it was a good game all right. I think Leeds well deserved a point, like you know, so they Oh, thanks, thanks, Stephen. That's very gracious of you. Especially at least what, us, us big six teams, like you know. Well, and I see we've got Man United this weekend, so we'll, we'll, we'll take care of them too. Uh, Johnny, what do you think? I probably, probably will. Uh, Leeds are good to watch that. Well, I actually was to say half the one um, definitely Leeds definitely deserve some out, out of the game so um, yeah United Leeds no, no build up needed for that uh, we're just we're having a bit of a laugh about the Super League guys but Stephen you know I, I've seen you on social media in the last couple of days and, and you've been quite forthright in your views about the Super League and uh, I mean <clears throat> you know we know you, you're a Liverpool supporter and how did that affect you because I'm sure like a lot of supporters of Liverpool United Arsenal and Spurs Mixed emotions and and probably not really sure where you stand on the thing. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us are naive to think that money isn't the driving factor in top flight football now. You know, it's, that's what makes it go round. And um, but I think the premise of what they were trying to do was just ridiculous. Where they were going to say we're going away here with our ball and we'll just decide when who's allowed under it when we're going to have a big pot of cash and come back and play the league. And I think that was a fear that the Premier League was going to turn into like a sort of almost like a dummy league of these guys playing under 21 team because there was no value to one in it but I do think over there has been an overreaction in some parts because this has, has been going on for years you know and the Champions League inception basically killed the small teams participation in what was the European Cup I don't know if he's watched the Derry City documentary or not but how good was it to see Benfica coming to the Brandywell <coughs> and Derry City pushing them to 2-1 I won't <coughs> forget those days anymore you know? well here you only have to think about Korean, mm-hmm. the most probably arguably the most famous game in Korean's history, the Spurs game. 
hundred percent, yeah. You know, and I mean, I I still recall nearly every bit of that whole game and the build up to it, etc. Mm-hmm. And those days are pretty much gone. And as you say, it's been coming. That's the European model now. And mm-hmm. Johnny, I suppose from your point of view, you're a, a Man United supporter. If there's any good that has come out of it in the last couple of days, I suppose it's the demise and the departure of Ed Woodward. So that's been a good sign for United this week. Yeah, I don't think any United fan has shed any, any tears over that one. I do think, but in terms of Super League, it's pretty embarrassing to be honest. You know, them starting it on a Sunday and then it was over over days. <laughs> um, okay, Super, uh, Super League behaviour. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, but I think you know, I read a good thing online. There. I think this is the perfect opportunity for local clubs um, in Northern Ireland and even in England, whatever. They you know they show how important they are now. Um, is it, it's not you can't necessarily just blame the clubs it's the owners as well behind the scenes who have started most of this year they're money they're football football's all about money and that's obviously what the what the teams all wanted but they were quickly brought back to the Europe tonight uh, that's, that's a good point you make there Johnny because a lot of we all know a lot of supporters uh, from Northern Ireland religiously go across to England to watch the likes of Liverpool Leeds United whatever whoever that is can you see the, the, a point now where there's a certain dissatisfaction among supporters with the clubs so that maybe there will be a knock-on benefit for Irish league clubs, the likes of a Korean, maybe picking up where, you know, some of them supporters that won't be travelling across England any longer? I, I hope so. And, and, they, and they were this differently. Like, whenever I walk down Korean Twins, I see more Korean pops, I see, you know, more merchandise and stuff being sold and there's an online club shop there as well. So, but another way of putting it is, you know, it's hard to get people, you know, to go and watch Irish League and you haven't watched it before. But it's just, you know, the attendances are up. The standard's good. You don't have to look at the league table between, you know, England, for example, or League Dover, Scotland, the League Dover, whereas Northern Ireland's League, yes, I'm pretty sure maybe 10 points a year, but there's no guarantees there. And even with Europe and, and the seventh place. So Irish League is, 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 is as competitive as I've ever known it. And it's weird because... Like I, I watch a bit of Premier League and I watch a bit of the Champions League, but I just feel so disconnected with it. I just, I just, you know, I literally, if I don't watch it, I don't really sort of care. I, I, I think, I, I know what you're saying. It is as competitive as 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 it ever has been. But I think more than that, even Stephen, the bottom line is it's good crack. <laughs> you know, like to be fair, we have good crack. We 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 work in the and the and the business and we go to matches and all. But it is good crack, and you know the players, and all the fans know the players of all the different clubs, and you could have a chat with them, a yarn with them. And I'm, that's the way English top flight football used to be maybe yeah. 40, 50 years ago. But we still have that, and we're still lucky to have that. And, and it is good, as I say, it's good crack, isn't it? Yeah, I think the big thing is there's, there's no pre bid on us. You know, no matter who you play for, whether it's the top team or the bottom team, everybody gets on, has a banter, as you say, they all got on really well with each other. and the egos are left at the door, you know what I mean? The boys go out, and like, I think last Friday night's game, the Corey England tour and epitomised that. It may not have been the free flowing spectacle that everybody put up with. All the boys out in that pits, busting their pants to try and get a result for their team. And that's what I think sums up the Irish League. Everybody's going out there to do their best for their team. And it means something to them. Like, sometimes in the Premier League, you're watching it and you're going, what does it really matter to a guy that's getting a, lifting a £300,000 cheque every week? <laughs> well, I, well, that's it. No harm. You, you mentioned the money. No harm. I'm just thinking there. Spurs are playing this evening, right? And you've got Gareth Bale there, for example, playing uh-huh. for Spurs. 
And I don't know what he's, I think his wages are something. Would, I, I, in fact, he's just scored there in the sixth day of the minute. What? What, what, what has he done for Spurs? Like? <laughs> well, that's it. Like, you know, and I, for Spurs fans, I think he came out there a few weeks ago and said that he wouldn't be at Spurs next season. He'd be back to Madrid and they're sitting going, well, yeah, we're paying his wages for a year. He's supposed to have some sort of, you know, love for this club and he, he's going. But to me, that's that, that's the thing with the Premier League. It's, it's almost this FIFA generation now. People want boys signing. Your own Bobby's and your Neymar's and all, and it's not, it's not about the game anymore. It's just, as I said earlier, it seems to be all about driven by money. And we shouldn't really be surprised if you're billionaires running the game. Billionaires are billionaires because they make money, and that's what they want to do. It's all about legacy, so-called legacy, <laughs> legacy fans. fans. Oh, that was I've seen, statement. I've seen, funny, I seen a great tweet from Alfie Stewart, a former Korean uh-huh. and, and much travelled. Alfie Stewart played before yeah. the down and then a number of other teams. And he had a great tweet up this afternoon and he was recalling the first time that he went to Anfield to see yes. Liverpool. Uh-huh. And he said he saved up the money from potato picking or potato gathering, <laughs> saved up enough money, went across in the boats in Liverpool. He said that when he got to the ground, he queued for however long it was. It was £1.50 to get in. And when he went in and he seen the ground, he says, Tear, tears were in his, in his eyes. And I can recall my first time going to Ellen Road. I'm sure you mm-hmm. guys are the same. And Johnny... Uh, you know, that's probably, you probably remember the first time you were at Old Trafford, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I remember um, my dad took us over and we'd on the Hollyhead, um, you know, from Dublin to Hollyhead and then the trip to track to, to, to Manchester. And I, I'm nearly certain it was like a Monday night game and we played Newcastle at home. And it's one of them things where people here listening to the podcast will notice you walk up the steps and see a stadium and it's like an outer body experience. Just, mm-hmm. you know, you see everyone. I, I, I can't word it, but people know what I'm talking about. And yeah. The game finished now. Now the Newcastle fans were still the best fans I've ever seen. I think, I think it must have sung the Alan Shearer song in the night. That must have been ingrained in my head for about five years. But uh, finished now. Now, as I said, uh, and then I went over again. The second time I went over, um, Pedro Mendes scored for Spurs. Roy Harrell got the ball to the ground. I remember that. And uh, referee somehow didn't give it. And I remember a really fun great game. save. Great save. <laughs> I remember um, the Spurs fans started saying, "Stand up if you hate the Arsenal." So. Up. And then United fans song stand up if you can beat the Arsenal, and that was just after United ended up beating runs all the Spurs ends. Very, very slowly. Very good. But it is. I mean, there is that disconnect, as you say, and and I think we're all agreed that you don't have that in the Irish league. And I suppose we're here to talk about it. And Stephen, you'd sort of referenced the Friday game against Glentoran, but a couple of days previously we played the Glens up at the Oval on the Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, finishing a two-all draw and I think the game itself well, wasn't a bad game but it will be remembered for one particular thing Josh Carson's unfortunate <laughs> own goal and he's I mean it, the, the goal has featured everywhere ever since hasn't it? Okay, That's one of those things I think if he tried that a hundred times he, would, he probably wouldn't do it again like you know but uh, it was a sickener not just the, the you can see the goal they got but they can see that they lose the three points and so late on the game because I think it was just knocked the air out of the boys like you know what I mean because they, they were playing really well and looked as if they were going to hold on and get the three points and particularly battling back from what was the opening half an hour it was a tough tough half hour where Glens went ahead and but they did well they hung in there got their goals uh, and they think they were deservedly in front at that stage uh, and then Friday night's game as well again Johnny probably could have gone either way but Looking back, 
two very, very close games between two evenly matched teams and they both got two points. But in hindsight, you'd have probably been better losing one and winning one, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, we, we should have just uh, agreed that before, before, the, before, the week, before the week started. Um, I thought both games were kind of similar way when Warren started like a house on fire. I thought on Friday night as well. Um, they knocked the ball about really, really well. And in my opinion, they, they probably deserved to take a lead at half-time to finish with a lead. Um, second half, they might have lost well, but it probably said the introduction of James Ogilvy to really get us going. And a great ball in and... Uh, Forrest and I gave it a Owen Bradley in the public Twitter account. Haven't heard the end of that uh, somehow, but no, Matthew Kevin got it. It's good that we, we, we speak in the podcast about players uh, stepping up, on, up up to the mark and starting to score a few goals. And thankfully, Matthew, Matthew seems to be doing that. Well. He really is. He's that was th- three goals in two games against Glentorn. And I mean, he, he's had a few clubs. He, he obviously started, I think, at Palomina, went to Linfield. He's had his problems with injuries. He's a stop-start sort of a career. But there's no doubt in there. There's there's a player in there. And and I guess if there's somebody going to get the player out of him, it'll be Orn Kearney. Well, I, of course. Um, Orn, Orn can polish a diamond, as I always say. He's, he's good at getting the best out of the players. And the thing Matthew is, he probably just needs a run, run of games. Um, he said that when he signed. And, um, he's raw. He's very, very raw. A lot of boys would say that there. But he definitely needs to go with the netters. And, you know, his header was a good header the other night. He was brave on the last Tuesday night. The second one, he actually got really well. He let the ball go across the body and he, and he stuck it away well. And, and, the, and the next one against McLaurin the Friday night, he just had to, had to be there. So, three sort of a different goals. And, um, but he definitely works hard. So, that's one thing I definitely post. And that's something that Warren will definitely buy. He is. He's, he, I mean, you, you watch his work rate and as a defender, he's, he wouldn't be the kind of player that you'd want to be playing or facing because he, he just doesn't stop and doesn't give you an opportunity. So, um, Stephen, you know, we were talking about Glenn Torren. They obviously defeated Cliftonville on Tuesday evening, have leapfrogged Corian in the second. And, I mean, they're in a rich vein of arm, aren't they? Yeah, it's funny. that They seem that relentless streak. It reminds me a bit of like the way we have been over in recent years where they just rule out results and I think they're, they maybe chop and change a few forward positions but the back four well the two centre the defenders always stays the same you know what I mean and I think that gives them a good good bedrock I thought Patrick McLean on Friday night that was a vital block they put in they, they stopped what was a certain goal and those are fine margins and games like you know and that comes from experience so it does and I think uh, Mike McDermott's been shrewd in bringing in two two quality centre halves to, to build the team around, like you know. <laughs> you mentioned Mc, McDermott. <laughs> I mean, he he's a character, isn't he? I mean, oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, he has his critics, he has his detractors, but you know what? He has them go well, and he has them <laughs> in second. And he is he's a character, isn't he, Stevie? Oh, but to me, the game needs that. I think there's a lot of characters out there, especially in the. <laughs> The top fight now they're so beige and you ask them for a comment and it's just just running them all answers like but it, it reminds me a wee bit of like uh, Josie where you know he's, he's obviously got a lot of self confidence he believes in what he's trying to do and you know and he, he's backing it up on the pitch you can't you can't really argue with him like like obviously last year when he came in they had a wee bit of a sticky period in the league but they ended up winning the Irish Cup and like this year they're sitting second and a lot of people say of course it should be because the money spent but you still have to turn the results round but yeah I, I think. Of all the managers in Irish League, we've got a great array of characters out there, and I always enjoy talking to them after the game. Like so, they... that, I never thought about it, but you mentioned the Jose comparison, and I could just say it now, actually, because 
Mick has got a bit of a strut about him. Oh, definitely. There's no doubt that you watch him uh-huh. on the sideline and he can. He has got a great wee strut. And he was in great form last Tuesday <laughs> night after the game, Johnny, wasn't he? Aye, it was. Uh, there was nearly a, a media war there between, between the two teams. Uh, and uh, Mick doesn't want to do any, do any interviews because of a certain journalist uh, who he won't name. But, uh, oh, listen, as Stevie said, you need a bit of card there as well. Um, and to be fair, he's done, he's done a great job there. You know, you know, we, we, we didn't have a laugh. He, he sat there at the start of the season, I think maybe after the eight games, and went going to bottom of the league. Um, and you look at it now, you're sitting second, and I think it's something like 46 points out of the last 52 they've taken. Or something. I know, it's scary, isn't it? And, you know, they made a few changes against, you know, they played Andrew Mitchell against Boston Friday night, and actually played very, very good for the first 50 minutes. Um, and then I looked at the team they played last night, and Gina McDonald was handed a start, Keir O'Connor was brought in, he's a fantastic player, and he's very, very underrated. Um, Gail Borman's there as well, so they've got a lot of options, and they're only going to get stronger. It is, and I mean, it's, I think. Obviously, the investment that the club has put in, the money's been there. They've been able to strengthen the squad. And, and again, that's shown out, out on the pitch. And, and that's, I guess, where the difference is. You know, some of the full-time clubs have the resources and the, the ability to do that. So, Korean, not quite. I mean, but having said that, they're a point behind. And given the relative resources of the clubs, I think Korean are still punching more than above their weight, guys, aren't they? Oh, most definitely. Like you know, and it's it's not been just this year. It's been for quite a few years now. You know, and they deserve a lot of credit. But again, that comes down. They deserve. They deserve a league title. Oh well, this is this is it. And I think they're just so close to achieving that there, and it's just as we always said, getting that first trophy is is a tough one. They've now won two under Orn, but getting that first league title, you know, that would really lift them on to another level. So it would. Guys, do you think at this minute in time, sitting where we are? Uh, is the league title out of out of the question, out of sight, out of target? Is it, guys? What do you think? Um, personally, and I, I said it last week when, when Kenny was there, I, I personally do because of the split of games. Uh, yes, Lampard is going to lose all five of them, but are we going to win all five? Probably not. And that's just the way the league is. And that's just, and we always say how competitive it is. But it's surprising if we won all five. No, because they're such a good team. And you know, we always you know, doing you always say it as well. Like we must be. A, Brutal team to play against. We fight hard for each other, and uh, well, and there's no superstars in our team. Yes, we, in my opinion, we've got the best defender in the league. If not, if not the best Premier League in our, in our ranks, and but it's just it's putting the ball in the background yet. And you know, we were chatting to as I've done the DB flats, um, but it was done with Michael Anderson this week in the year 2009-10, and I looked up. We scored 73 goals that year. I think there's only one team who scored more than us, but we conceded yeah, 62. So if you had, you know, if you had. Yeah, if you had that attacking power, it's not, it's not even our options are bad up front. I just don't know what it is. But if you had that air up front, it's a hard back forward. So it would be some team. But yeah, let's listen. The league title is all that's missing. And uh, I would honestly retire from football if we ever won the league. Like, how, do you, how do you get better than that? You know? but, what do you think? What do you think, Stevie? Probably yeah. second is really the realistic aim now. Yeah, I think as Johnny says there, these split games of space here is going to be so tight. Probably like the last two Grand Tour games, it's going to come down to fine, fine margins. And the goal, like realistically, Korean would have to win all five. They have any chance of winning the title. And it's going to be very, very tough. And you're laying your line on Lumford dropping points as well. Plus, the likes of the Glens as well, who've run a fantastic run. They would have to drop points. So it's a big effort, but... <laughs> I think Big second ask. place, second place is probably where it's at now. Like, and I know the Glens leapfrog Korean last night, but 
obviously seven or six games left to go and anything can happen in those games. Well, that's it. And those games that we're talking about start on Friday night. I think Glentorn play Larne on mm-hmm. Friday night. So, yeah. um, yes, uh, looking at a Glentorn or a Rich Fianna form, you would expect them to win. But, you know, Larne could maybe, they obviously have something to play for themselves. So, I mean, they, they could get a result, couldn't they? Uh, yeah, definitely, most definitely, and I think the Lauren will be smarting from uh, from getting beat. They poured it down the other night, like because I think the second half they battered poured it down, couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. They did everything, but they scored scored one goal and couldn't get the winner, and then poured it down or went up the other end of the field and sniced the late winner. So it shows, just shows you from the Saturday they went and hammered uh, hammered Warren Point, like you know. But Lauren are a, a team packed with quality too, so uh, it'll be a good test for for Glen Torn, but. Uh, I think it all come down to who who starts the best and who really mm-hmm. drops it in goal. And I think the Glens just have that forward power, haven't they? You know, Larn play good football, but for me, they rely obviously on Davy McDade an awful lot for goals. You know, whereas Glentorn, you have a multitude of guys that are going to chip in with goals there, and I think that's maybe where they may have the advantage on Friday evening. Yeah, of course, um, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. Um, Larn just come really. It's only here in the field that seems to be scoring regularly for them. But again, you know, Lauren, if you look at the league table, they're not too many points behind us either in the fight for second as well. So it's, a big, it's really a fixed point for Lauren. Lauren are probably looking at as, you know, from the 4 1, I think they'd be seven behind Glentorn if they're wrong. And um, maybe a clock, you know, it's a big, big, big gap, obviously, when you're, when you're going into a split. But um, anything that Lauren seemed to play Lauren, especially under party, always a fantastic game to watch. Uh, I remember, was it last year, Paddy and Saints scored their overhead kick? is it like you know and I think Derby games are we look forward to them like you know there's always that wee bit of spice and obviously they've got Oren and DJ there uh, at state like you know so sitting at one one apiece and obviously Balamina not making the top six is not that one to remind them of did, that did, there did, <laughs> sorry sorry what did you, what did you say there there's a Sky Sports yellow bar there Balamina did, didn't did, make the t- did, top six they didn't six. make the top six <laughs> So to clarify that, sorry there, Stephen. Uh, unless they meet in the Irish Cup, this could be the last meeting this this season, like you know. So I think uh, a few boys will be out and wanting to want to uh, come up, signed off a good victory, like you know. I it's funny you mentioned DJ and Owen and the Winky thing, and like you, you often think, ah, oh, you know, because they had such success in so many years at Linfield, and they're obviously friends, and and obviously DJ gives the big hugs and stuff. But anybody who was there the last time they played, <laughs> 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 What did I tell you? There was no love lost on the sideline between Winky, particularly, and DJ. I swear to God, if the fourth official hadn't have been there, it would have been ding, ding, get the tickets sold because, nah, I tell you, it was class. I'd love to see it. Johnny, I think you're nodding there. You remember that, do you? I, you just put a GoPro in the fourth official for that there. Uh, <laughs> just uh, watch him. No, I, all I can remember is 
DJ turned around and went, don't talk about nonsense, William. Whenever, whenever, whenever the first name comes out, no, that's not, that's what that's, people call it. That's, that's like when your mother used to call your first name, you see, you know you were in trouble. Hi, uh, John, but uh, no, listen, like, we, we, we've had a list of start the programme, that's what Irish did all about me, as you know, listen, them boys will get a hammer and tongs for well, a couple hours, but at the end of the match, they're the first to give each other a hug, a pat on the back, wish each other all the best, and, and, and down the road. And probably even the same with us with other journalists, like we love winding the colorings up, or whatever it may be, but at the end of the day, there's a bit of mutual respect there as well. So, um, yeah, big, big game for us. Um, mm-hmm. a big game and, a, and a big game for them. Oh, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll be wanting to finish seventh and um, mm-hmm. the last uh, playoff for the European game. And, Obviously, they have a few injuries there as well. I think they scored a down and nearly sort of the Irish Cup in the Tuesday night. So, we understand to see how they line up, um, as well as also the two procedures as well. Oh, well, that's it. You know, how you, you mentioned that. Like, it's getting to the stage now where managers, well, it's been that way all season, but with the Irish Cup on the horizon in a couple of days' time, that influences your lineup. Stevie, what do you think? How do how you think Orin will, will, will line out uh, for, for Saturday's game, first of all? I think he always looks at it one game at a time. I don't think Orange is the sort of guy that looks too far down the road because, you know, obviously there is still second place there. You know, maybe a slight hope at first, like, you know, but realistically more second place. And I think he'll be going to get that game out of the way and then see what his squad's like come Tuesday night. Like, because obviously everyone wants to do well in the Irish Cup. It's another trophy they won in this European spot, like, you know. So he'll just want to be t- ticking the games off as they come along. And Shevlin's got to start, Johnny, hasn't he? In form yeah. against his former team, got his start. Yeah, Chevron there, you've James as a ballerina, you have uh, Stuart Nixon as well, Stevie Lowry, uh, there's a few other guys in our team who are former ballerina, so um, they don't uh, need to get too much up for that. But uh, um, I was actually looking through the fixtures there, obviously, before now in the end of the season, and you know, the dates there is top that. And well, there's like, there's the first, and then you've won like the fourth, and then 15th. 21st and 23rd, and then you've all your stuff mm-hmm. around that, and then obviously the European playoff as well. So, well, hopefully, there is a lot of games annoying because that, that means we're, we're doing well. But yes, it's going to be a massive push now. Probably more push the MC now than I have been even the last couple of months. I know it wouldn't be a bad complaint. I was funny, <clears throat> I was doing something today, and I was writing down the, the games that Korean had played. I think it was from the start of sort of January, I think it was. And it's only when you're writing them down that you realise how many there were and how close together they came. It was like every couple of days, Stephen, and you sometimes forget. And hard enough as it is when we're going like that, for those guys, it's it's it's, it's incredible, isn't it? How they can keep going. It's crazy. It's funny. It was that day down at Warpoint talking to Barry Gray after the game. I think they'd gone something like nine. They've gone nine, ten games out of one, and Barry's going. I have a wee one there three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and they says, I it's just over that many games in the past three weeks. That's so it. That's we won like, last week here, you know. <laughs> that's it. You know, you're playing two games a week for, for a month. Like there's there's eight, ten games, you know what I mean? And, and it's just been relentless for the guys. And I would say there'll be quite a few of them looking forward to a day break over the summer and recharge the batteries because fair play them, especially Korean. Like if you're part-time players out working all day and, and then come and play football. They deserve massive amount of credit, like you know. It is. It's hard going, but like I don't know. I mean, when are they going to get a, a break in the summer? That's the problem. The well, European games, that, yeah. They, they 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 come right into the summer. I think, don't they? Yeah. 
But this is the madness of it all. Like, you know, I think the, the first round in Europe, you know, you're talking sort of maybe end of, end of June, start of July time. And then the, I think the league season doesn't kick off to near the end of August. So you could be left kicking your heels for, mm -hmm. for a fair bit. Like, you know, so hopefully maybe then, well, obviously we'd like to progress a few rounds in Europe again, but like you maybe have a gap there before the season starts next year. Maybe again, uh, Super League, you never know. Guys. Oh, you never um, know. I think there's Johnny. a few spaces now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into it. Um, another thing, just another thing that came up during the week, it caught my attention, Johnny. Uh, story, Stephen, I think it was Stephen Looney, was it? That wrote about the return of the fans, or was it Stephen? can't remember, but anyway, somebody had written a story that Roy McGivern, Linfield chairman, and somebody else was advocating, Jim Boyce, I think it was, advocating the return of fans before the end of the season. Is there any likelihood of that, Johnny, from what you're hearing? I don't know a piece of string. Yeah, it's, it's genuinely hard to know. And I always earmark whenever I, because my dad always asked me about this as well, and I think maybe the night push the Irish Cup semi-finals and finals maybe it's going to happen. Um, night push it, or even a tie there, I suppose. And it's weird because it's, it's what went down in Corey and Prince Andrew today, and, you know, you can't go into DB8 but you can go into Queensland. And it's just, you know, the world is just crazy. At the moment. And I know it's totally different to going to a sporting thing, but I've noticed there in England now that fans are in the crucible. Um, mm -hmm. 4,000 in November, I think, for the same yeah. between Leicester and Southampton. So, um, yeah, and like, we chat with this all the time. And this, this, every single, this is the 10th podcast. This is the 10th time one of us has said this, but like, we are so grateful. I know I am. We can get the matches. Um, it would be fantastic to see some fans there at the end of the season if possible to get to try and get over the line and, and get into Europe. I, I think Stephen, even just what I've noticed this week is the return of sports clubs to training. Like yeah. I've seen a lot of pictures on social media, mm -hmm. Facebook, Korean Rugby Club, Hockey Club, the Gaelic clubs all getting back to training. And there does seem to be a, a bit of a momentum gathering back towards normality. And with that in mind, I think I can see fans getting back sometime before the end of the season. Yeah, well, hopefully in May. I know I, I did a piece with Matthew Tipton the other day and he, he was talking about that and how he, he feels that that would give everybody a massive boost if the fans were to come in the last last month now and you know with the, the remaining league games and the, the Irish Cup that we played and he was saying that so we margin, marginal calls you know, you maybe see a wee foul off the ball and the fans are up and they're cheering. He says, those are the sort of wee ages you might need now in these last remaining games. You get a you get a few home supporters in and hopefully now I think there's a, at the end of April, there'll be maybe be another announcement by the government and I would like you to think that the football authorities are maybe pushing them to, to say about fans coming back. I, I, given given the fact that Korean's support is so strong, it's one of the best in the Irish League, do you think that has had an impact on the team this year. For example, some of the games, like the, the Glen Torn game on Friday night, if there had been a full house in the railway end there, Stephen, in the second half, Korean attacking, could that have made the difference, do you think? Well, Orin, Orin always talks about the, the railway end sucking one in for him, like, you know what I mean? So I think it would have, and, but I think equally on the road, because Korean have a, a very good travelling support, and you're going to grounds there, maybe sometimes where the home support's not as big, and, they come and maybe take over and I think that gives the lads a big boost too and I think it ha they have missed them this year you know what I mean and it's, it's nice to look around and you hear the boys singing in the background and, and giving you that it gives the players maybe an extra 10-15% in the game That's a good point and I'll tell you what Johnny do you know where I noticed that particularly was at Windsor the night that we played Linfield it was a top two first versus second on any other occasion 
Korean would have taken a massive crowd to Windsor. They'd have been packed in the far stand from across for us in the press box. And the players would have responded to that. And that's when I really noticed it this year. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, since we, and I think everyone's done well to get football back. But you notice the games recently where there haven't been any fans in or no fans at all. You know, the family there is got something on. Um, you look at the Mario Bros game away from home. I would have loved their fans to be in the ground. I think that would have been amazing. Motherwell, mm-hmm. um, too, thinking of how they'd have blown over. Um, and all the tie, and then you also look, you know, the games as far as the season as a few games, but it's not, it's just not the same. And yeah, that's been one, for example, all the way. You know, you look at the crowd we got there, the Cup semi final last year would have been last season. And, the, and there's a video with James on the time, a four minute video, just the fans celebrating the players. And you miss stuff they got there. And, and you know, it's going to be weird now, next season, hopefully, or even before the end of the season, seeing fans. You know, you used to go to matches thinking, where the fans at? But then now you're going to go to matches thinking, sure, where the fans? So, um, but yes, it, it's, it's one of the things we miss. I miss it. I, I miss hearing boys slagging players and I must, you know, you know that back. So that's just all part and parcel. That is Irish league behaviour, is it? <laughs> but that's it. This is go back to where we come in. You know, the, the whole difference between that and like even the Premier League in England. I mean, I I've heard stories about people going to like to Old Trafford, maybe standing up shouting and being told by stewards to sit down in their chair and all that has gone from the game in their age league you can stand with your mates and you can shout nearly probably whatever you want and nobody says booty uh, some of the banners <laughs> are fantastic at times and, and that's just the media <laughs> it's just impressive one of my favourite ever swaggings was whenever Paul Biglis signed for Lincoln <laughs> and uh, his first game was down at Korean Showgrounds and to be fair to him he had an absolute stinker that day <laughs> <laughs> and some wit from the, the Korean end shouted, you must have been adopted. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that just sums up the whole, you know, from, the, from the, the, the fans, like, you know. That's that. And that's that's the kind of thing you can't get if you're watching a, a match on the TV screen or anything. And I guess, again, that's kind of what the owners of these big clubs don't kind of get. They just see the pound signs or the dollar signs, it probably is, and, and that's all they care about. So, um, but no, I mean... You mentioned, or somebody mentioned earlier, the Derry City documentary. I mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. I haven't recorded it, so I'm hoping they maybe get to watch it tonight. But, I mean, you, Johnny, Stephen, you both watched it, and I suppose you see the echoes of, of the likes of a Korean there as well within the, the Derry City programme. Yeah, of course. Um, whenever Derry City went well, it was the crowd they brought in. It was amazing. And obviously, I was born in 1994. I looked like it's 74, so I obviously <laughs> don't remember all the end things, you know, like the family the bus being burnt out. And I, I, it was more like, it was nearly like a history programme for me and learning different things rather than necessarily just being a sporting thing. But yeah, I'm winning the treble. Apparently, they don't get that. Uh, they, they definitely remind you about the Aries team. They played their own treble. But well, that's some achievement though. To be yeah, fair. but to go, from, you know, to go from where they were and, 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 and how they ended up now. And I think the, the thing that happened for me is that um, you can tell how much it meant to the fella and one of the four guys we helped get the Irish Football Association to let them go and you know they were just the peers and there's things they got there you know football means so much to people um, whether it's Korean whether it's Coach Stewart Derry City or Anna United whoever it may be and that sort of stuff hit, hit home with me a lot as well I know that that's exactly what it means and you just mentioned there Coach Stewart in passing um, Johnny I was talking to Johnny Law Stephen last week there they're taking their place in the Irish Cup a lot of the uh, teams outside the so-called elite have opted out, but Johnny and the Porsche guys very keen to take their place in the cup, and they're off to Cliffordville, so they're going to have their work cut out. That's 
next Tuesday evening. Yeah, and, and yep. fair play to you. You know, uh, uh, obviously they had a it was a big decision for clubs. They they they, they make it where they want to play or not. Like you know what I mean. So um, glamour tie going to solitude. Like it's it's massive. Like you know, they're they're a sure thing, aren't they? Oh, I get your money on them. But no, if a fair play to them, like it's a, um, it's a big night out for them. And like, uh, you never know, the romance of the cup, they could go there and, and pull a shot, like, you know. Well, that's it. I mean, you know yourself, Johnny, I'll just, he'll, he'll have done his homework, Johnny, Johnny McNabb, Johnny Law will have done his homework and he'll have their guys as prepared, as best prepared as you can, given the fact that they haven't hardly kicked the ball this season. They've had a couple of friendly games, but it's not the same as a competitive season, is it, by any means? No, of course not. And uh, I was at the football club uh, on Monday night and I bumped into Johnny Watt and I was like, oh, she used to buy him to the second round. And they looked at me and said, like, 10 heads. But no, uh, <laughs> so, listen, it's a joy of the cup. Them boys are probably itching a bit to get to get playing. And obviously, there'll be a few sore legs and there'll, and there'll probably be nowhere near a match fit at all. But who knows? Um, they'll probably try and keep it tight and hang around and give it a go. Um, and there's a few teams in the same boat. You've got Annie United as well. And, so, um, yeah, it's just one of the things that we will have to go and, and give it a good shot. But fair play to them. Um, we've absolutely not come Well, that's it. And fair play to them, as, as, as you said, because other clubs took the decision not to play. But I'm, I'm glad to see Porsche doing it. And, and whatever happens, you know, they can walk away and say, well, we did, we did our bit, you know. So, um, actually, we're talking about the Irish Cup. And our thing just came into my head there briefly. Darren McCauley. We all remember Darren from his, his goal in the Irish Cup uh, win. First goal against Cliffordville. What year? 2018, was it? Uh, Stephen announced his retirement from football there just this week or last week. So, big loss to the game. He is. And as we all know, Darren's a, a great character on and off the pitch, like, you know what I mean? And uh, very deep thinker. Uh, I still remember that day after he came into the press, press area at Windsor and we were challenging for the league that year and he read out his poem and I think there was a few Belfast journalists thought he had three heads, like you know, they didn't know what we think. They're, they're, they're not, they're not used to poetry on Belfast. <laughs> That's it. That, that was just darn, like you know, and he, he, he has the way he is. But like, it's such a talented footballer. Like that year, he was, it was unplayable at times, and the goal in the Irish Cup final just summed him up. Like anybody else would probably have put it in the, the stand behind the goal, but he just took his time, top corner, and that just changed the game. Like no. Well, I think I said to Johnny recently there after the goal had been all up social media, blah, blah, blah. Everybody mm-hmm. put it up after Darren's retirement. And I think I said to you, Johnny, that, I, that actually the goal got better every time that you looked <laughs> at it. And every time you looked at it, it just got better and better. The, the, the whole goal, um, the build-up, even Jack made the trainer. And many times you see yeah. the ball back or winger just literally put the releases through, but you see trainer looking up and he knocks it back. And Darren's team, you hit that. You know, that's one of the best goals I've ever seen in the Korean fan. He's looking at any time somebody would hit that with their shin and they're like, run. <laughs> Uh, and I had the best view of all because I was right in the corner and like, I could just see the ball just directly the ball just moving into the, the onion bag. But what a player Darren Boy is, by the way. Um, scary the year we should have won the league and I'd have won the double, in my opinion. He was, how you think in the team of the year that year is a bit of a joke? Did he not? No, no, he didn't. And I think he, um, no, I have no issues with, um, you know, I have no issues, you know, obviously, Gavin Wright and Paul Heatley. Yeah, but they were pretty good. Yeah, so but he could have found a, could have made a place for him. Oh, he was unplayable that year. And I, and, I'm, and I know we'll probably get him on the podcast some week, sometime soon. And, you know, not mainly saying this, but I think Warren Tierney was probably the manager of the best of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think he probably knew how to play the work with him. And 
obviously the thing that Inverness, the thing about somebody said that was his biggest regret, not getting a good goal. And mm-hmm. knowing darn as we do, do yeah, I expect him to retire me for the rest of his career. No, I was quite big on to get called somewhere. He's, he's too good. He's too good for that. And he's and he's only I think he's only twenty nine. He's been around it's been around a lifetime, but he's only twenty nine. But the only the thing I liked about that goal, I haven't watched it again a couple of times. Was he was away running to celebrate even before the ball was in the back of the net. He knew as soon as it left his foot, you know, you could just see. And Stevie, you're a goalkeeper, a former goalkeeper. You would have, you would have just been. Uh, I, I would tuck it around the post. No, I think I think Bam Neeson just did what we all would have done and just watched it going in the top corner. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I suppose it's like a golf shot. You know, whenever you've caught it right on the sweet spot, and darn you, it was just the big man was full of confidence, like and. He not was. only had the ability, but he had the physique, and he must have been a nightmare to play against for a fullback because he was so strong. And how many times did you see him go down the left hand side, cut inside, and then bang it in the top corner? Like you know, it was a joy to watch. I think one of the things that stands out for me was, and then probably Oren would say the same, was that Darren was the kind of player that would have taken the game by the scruff of the neck. Definitely, yeah. When required, say Kareem or maybe under a bit of pressure, Darren would have puffed the chest out. He would have said, right, give me the ball. I'm going to take the game to the opposition. And as you say, Stephen, the amount of times that he would have run down that left wing and changed the whole complexion of a game. Well, that, that day that we're talking about at Windsor Park, I remember when he, he did come out with a poem, I think we ended up drawing the game that day, but we were, was it one or two nil down at one stage? And uh, Darren, in the second half, just... He won at the ball. I think he scored scored one and we set up another one. But he was demanding the ball. I think that's what got us the point at, at the end of that, that, that game. So it was. Okay. Any chance of getting him back, Johnny? What do you think? <laughs> well, well, we'll get him on the podcast some week. And, and uh, well, he's going to pay for his wages. Well, here, you check, you check out them flights to uh, Melbourne, I think it is. And we'll get a couple of weeks to Melbourne. It's good at this time of year. Uh, yeah. I'll always wonder down there, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe go in the summertime, so you know what I mean. Poor Simon. Simon gets a wild hard time, doesn't he? Ah, that's good for it. <laughs> Bring it all himself. Eh? Bring it all himself. He does, he does. Johnny, you mentioned earlier something about the club shop. I take it that uh, it's up and running now, is it? Yeah, uh, Corey, she means on a lot of great work with it. Um, it's up, and I think there's a few early issues with car payments, but. Um, it was very, very, very busy the first day. Um, Scott Smith, obviously, who helps run the shop, the, the physical one, um, was messaging me saying he was flat out replying emails and stuff. So, um, like, we, we have listened, but obviously, this is something that probably should have happened years ago. Um, about time. <laughs> about, about time, yeah. Um, but yes, look, hopefully, um, I have no day to day running of it, but I, I do know they plan to get more stuff um, on, obviously, when the time comes and, and it'd be great to see people using it, you know. And I suppose, Stevie, it's just a reflection of just the strides that the club's making. And we, we've talked about on this podcast before, we had Colin McKendry on and we were talking about the 4G pitch and the stadium, etc. And the shop's just another extension of just how far the club's making strides and, and becoming a little bit more professional, if you like. Oh, definitely. And obviously it's taken a wee bit of time to get these things up and on them. But, you know, we have to remember that a lot of these people doing these jobs are volunteers. So it's, it's trying to, you know, work with people in that way. But... The club is really trying to move on and off the pitch, like you know, and I think there's some exciting months ahead for them in, in terms of, like, you know, hopefully the pitch development and then the stadium development and hopefully continued success on the pitch. It's uh, shaping up to be a big summer, guys, isn't it? Definitely. Off the pitch anyway and maybe 
on the pitch as well. Maybe I suppose it's now the time of the year that Oren and the management are starting to look at the squad for next year. So they've got that to contend with. New is a new pitch going down, Johnny? I. Well, that's the that's the chat. Anyway, I think we're just trying to dot the eyes and cross the t's before being officially announced. Uh, what are we going? What are we going to do with Tommy Doc? What's he going to do? <laughs> Well, from what I, I asked Stevie McCann this one night, and he said today we're not with nearly as much stuff to do with KZ or KZ fixing as Probably is. So, uh, trust me, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy is Korean, so uh, there'll definitely be something to do for Tommy. But yes, 100% off the pitch this year. Get and, it, well, maybe even more important than on it. You know, there's so much stuff going on by, by all accounts. So, um, yeah, the, the pitch will be interesting to, to see it. And uh, it'll just look totally different when, when, when we come back. But um, yeah, definitely surprised to be amazed. And, Crazy. And, off the pitch, I think on the pitch as well. Obviously, the full time teams, you know, are only going to get stronger. Lumpy's are not in the full time as well, so uh, they're going to need one day to, to get a few boys in. Yeah, same boy, same boy, know what he's doing. I suppose Stephen Johnny mentioned about the the pitch going in in the summer. If Korea qualified for Europe, I suppose that throws up the possibility of European games having to be played somewhere else. Yeah, because I think the work probably won't be done in time, so. You'd have to go to another UEFA registered stadium, whether that be, I don't know, Ballymena or possibly the Brandywell, whatever, whatever the clubs you know what prefer to see. But you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, so that'll be a bit of a, a strange one too. But again, do you really worry if you're in Europe? You'll you'll play anywhere, like you know what I mean? Play anywhere. You play anywhere and have a go anyway. So, well, here guys, it's uh, it's been a great chat as ever. Um, all things football. I'm just thinking Friday. Big day. Not only does Glentor and Lauren play, but the barbers are open. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie, Stevie, I'll take it you're booked in. I must get booked yeah. in. Well, not say but Johnny. You're all right there, Johnny. What's a barber? <laughs> <laughs> you're all right. You can come with me. You know? right. I'll, you pick, can... I'll pick up your hair. <laughs> we'll do something with it. Yeah. So, uh, I know, listen, guys, it's been another great week. Uh, it's been a busy week. It's been good chatting to you. Uh, we're now hitting the business end of the season. Saturday's the last game before the split and then the games, as Johnny mentioned earlier, the games just come thick and fast, hopefully with a good run in the Irish Cup. It's going to be a hectic, well, what are we in, mid of April? It's going to be a hectic month, Stevie, to, to wrap it up, isn't it? It is. As Johnny said earlier, there, the, the Irish Cup fixtures are mad alone in me, never mind the fitting in the, the, the league fixtures. And then, if you're unfortunate enough to be in the European playoff, <laughs> I don't know who who's going to have players available come that stage at the end of June, like you know. But hopefully, we'll not have to worry too much about that come the come the end of the season. I was just about to say, Johnny, that's like understandably why the managers and the clubs are so intent on finishing in the top two, just to get rid of all that extra games that they may have to play. 100%. You want your last game to be the final weekend of maybe You don't want to be going in the, in the middle of June. And funny, sure. Stevie mentioned that our comment was that like, the European or the European games were in the June. So you, you could have a European playoff in the 9th of June <laughs> <laughs> and then go and play your first European game in like, the 28th or 9th of June. That's absolutely mental. Um, but yes, look, it's going to be a busy, busy end, end of the season. And, and here's hoping that, that, that we can get the job done. I was actually looking at the post-split fixtures and Twice it's not concrete, uh, we will probably uh, we will be playing Glentorn in the last game of the season. So we'll be playing Glentorn in the last game. Yeah. Ooh, that'll be tasty. If that's the same, it's the same formula that you use, we're, we're ready, Glentorn. 
And do you know, will it be home or away? Uh, we'll be away because we've uh, played them we've played them twice in the shooting. That's all right. That's all right. We like the world, don't we? We can handle that. So home, 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 I'm feeling the home, the uh, involved. Yeah. Crusader did not happen. I'll be away to Crusader the home, not happen. So that's the only one probably. Yeah, uh, very good. I guess you know what it doesn't really matter at this stage, does it? Where you play over or away, it's just it's all the same, isn't it? No fans, it doesn't make any difference. Ah, that's it. And, you know, we won it. We won it Lauren this year already. Um, he's the other game. Uh, Mid Bone because we got a draw there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, beat, but we beat them in the last two games at home. So yeah, listen, all games are hard this league anyway, so it doesn't really matter to them or away. We'll take, we'll take our, we'll take our chances. So, Stevie, where are you at this weekend? Are you working at a match? Yeah, I'll be at the derby. So we'll do. So we're graced by your presence. Yeah, yes. looking, looking forward to it. So, but just Very for good. the crack and the touchline, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, well, we'll see what happens. It'll be the usual tasty affair. And Johnny, I guess you'll 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 be at Balamina as well. I'll be at Balamina. Hey, am yeah. I am I driving this week? Is it my Jay, turn? Have you, you drove this season? driving you mad uh, somebody has to look after the arm uh, up there and, uh, I'll drive you get the coffees in uh, and Stevie I, I give you a lift as well you're going so. sounds good hey sounds there good I'll are. be thumbing up a lift we'll all be we'll all of course we'll all have our masks on of course under the Covid regulations and stuff you know so yeah, anyway we know wheels on the way home <laughs> <laughs> well here guys it's good to chat these and uh, what is it this is Wednesday so we'll see you on Saturday on. yeah see you thanks very much Stephen Crawford Jonathan McNabb thank you all for listening thanks to Corey for production as ever uh, great job thank you all for listening and um, keep up the good work everybody keep following the Bandsiders and uh, we'll see you next week cheerio